0: Holy swifty, Galactic Federation and the Council of Ricks, welcome to episode 12 of Fanboy with an Opinion for May 8th. I am Eric, and let's get started. On this week's episode, my Spider-Man Far From Home trailer reaction, I will be breaking down the MCU's Phase 4 movies, and then some random comic titles you should be reading to help with the summer lull, because let's face it, it's going to be a boring one. First, let's talk about this Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. If you haven't seen it, uh it got dropped yesterday, or the day before. Um You really have to see Endgame before watching this trailer. It's so important, this is so important that they actually had the lead actor, Tom Holland, giving like a almost like a PSA saying that if you haven't seen Far From Home, don't watch this trailer. Because there's going to be spoilers. Originally, people thought that this movie was going to be the start of Phase 4. But then the head of the MCU movies, Kevin Feige, had to come out and say... No, this is actually the end of Phase 3. And now we know why it's at the end of Phase 3. Because the things that happen in Endgame have repercussions. And Spider-Man Far From Home trailer shows that or basically says that uh there's a scene where Nick Fury says that the snap created a hole in our universe now what's interesting about that is which snap was it the Hulk snap or Iron Man snap because there were two snaps in in uh, Endgame. And you could say, well, maybe it was Thanos' first now, but it can't be because they're telling you that, uh, you know, you have to see Endgame before watching this movie. So so now, Jake Gyllenhaal, who's playing Mysterio, is, uh, is from an alternate Earth. And now Spider-Man has to deal with The repercussions of Endgame while on a school trip to Europe. And what's there's a lot of questions that are raised from this trailer. Uh, They're saying there's a lot of articles that have been written so far uh, since the trailer dropped. They're saying that Spider-Man is now going to be the go-to person when it comes to the multiverse. Now, they're saying the Endgame snap one of the snaps I guess the Hulk snap created the multiverse and what's interesting about that is usually DC Comics is more tied to the multiverse than uh, Marvel is but I guess within the past few years with Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and all that other stuff that he that Marvel is now trying to get into the whole multiverse thing because DC pretty much I mean not technically patented but pretty much was like has been dealing with the multiverse since the 80s, at least, at least the 80s. So anyway, so is, is Spider-Man now a conduit, or you know, is he is he like the the face of the multiverse? Uh because really out of all the Marvel characters, he's dealt with the multiverse the most within the past less than 10 years. Uh and then you know, all these things. My problem is I love the trailer. But it's a trailer. It's not even two minutes of what they want us to see. If anyone reads comics or anyone knows comics or anyone knows who Mysterio is, Mysterio is a liar. He is basically a glorified magician. His powers, if you want to say, is he creates illusions. And this whole idea of like, well, this is Quentin Beck and he's from an alternate... Yeah, that's what you want us to think. don't? I wouldn't believe anything this trailer tells us. Like, is there a hole in the time-space-time continuum or the uh, creating a multiverse? Yeah, probably. Because this is what I've been saying since Endgame. You can't go back in time without repercussions. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, I'm glad that they're finally... To, you know, they're finally uh, talking about this, but they should have been talking about this in Endgame. But that's always been MCU's thing. This is like creating bridges and continuations and continuities, not just self-contained stories in each movie. Everything is connected. So, so okay, this is the MCU now, multiverse. But I, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing. That that's where Mysterio's from. And also the fact that uh, Nick Fury, he drugged Ned. And, uh, you know, I was like, in the first trailer, I was like, why the fuck do you do that, bro? But now you kind of understand why, because Spidey's been uh, dodging him. Or ghosting him, as the kids say. Also, that's an, are they going to deal with the five year thing? I mean, I know I'm harping on this, but you know, it just seems like a lot of the Spider Man classmates who haven't aged the five years are conveniently the important ones. Anyway, I'm very interested. I definitely want to see this movie, but again, I'm not going to take everything they said in the trailer to heart. There's all these what-ifs and possibilities. Let's just wait till the goddamn movie comes out first before we start making our conspiracy theories or uh, bitching about shit. Now I would like to go down the list of upcoming MCU movies titled Phase 4. Some of these are confirmed. Some of these are unconfirmed. I'm going to go down the list and specifically say each title, whether it's confirmed, unconfirmed, or whatever. So, Endgame and Infinity Saga are over. I mentioned previously that Spider-Man: Far From Home is going to be the end of Phase Three. Apparently, that movie is going to open up parallel universes. Potentially, uh, there's rumors that the Fox properties, X-Men and Fantastic Four, might now join the MCU because of that parallel universe theory. Who knows? I'm, you know, obviously things are subject to change. So phase four is supposed to be movies that are going to come out between 2020 and 2024. And here's a list of confirmed and unconfirmed movies. First is Black Panther 2. So Ryan Coogler is back. He's going to write and direct the script. Filming is supposed to take place somewhere uh, between 2019 and 2020, or 2020. Uh, I f- hope this doesn't go down like Iron Man did where the first one was really great and then they kind of like lose it. Uh, falls off. Hopefully they'll learn their lesson. And the first one was so good. I don't know. Sequels are always hard to tell. They can go up or they can go down. There's plenty of sequels that have been shittier than the first one. But fingers crossed on this. They've, They've got some good potential. So the next movie is going to be Doctor Strange 2. This is in development. A script is currently being written. I can't see them not doing a sequel to this movie. As far as all the MCU movies go uh, financially, I don't know how high up Doctor Strange, the first Doctor Strange, is in that list. It's probably on the bottom top 10, if even the top 10. But because his character was so popular in Endgame and uh, Infinity War, I can't see them not doing a second movie. I really enjoyed the first one, so I'm sure they will. It's just it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to make it. Unlike this next movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, James Gunn is back. And now we have Thor in in the team, as Guardians of of the Galaxy. Uh, So that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Rumors that they're going to introduce Adam Strange, which doesn't make sense to me because Adam Strange was very important in the uh, Thanos-Thanos storyline, and now that Thanos-Thanos is dead, uh, what's kind of the point? But it was kind of teased at the end of Volume 2. The whole cocoon thing at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, that's uh, basically a reference to Adam Strange. Uh, they might, rumors are they might even introduce Quasar, which is a C-Bliss character, uh, just another space character, quantum, what's he got, to uh, the things around his wrist? Quantum Bands, which is kind of, like, similar to the original, kind of, Marvel's powers. I don't know. But, um... James Gunn is back, but they're not going to be filming this movie until after he finishes Suicide Squad 2, which I don't know when that's going to be. But it's probably not going to be for another year or two. Next is going to be Black Widow. Now, there's some conflicting uh, stories about Black Widow. It's It's not really confirmed. But I think it is confirmed because they have a cast. Like, it's being cast. So Angel, I mean, um, what's her name's gonna be Black Widow again? Uh, uh Scarlett Johansson, uh the guy who just played Hellboy Blech. and uh he's also in Stranger Things. He's he's cast in the movie. So it's being cast, and I think it's uh it's gonna start filming in June of this year, and it's supposed to end filming September of this year. As far as the plot is this is going to be a prequel. Because, spoiler alert, as we all know, Black Widow is dead uh, in Endgame. End, the hell is that movie called? Endgame. <laughs> Almost called it uh, Time Heist. And... So, this is going to be a prequel. It's going to be talk about how she started off as being Black Widow. I wonder... Like, I'm sure they're not going to do this. But I think it would be interesting because Black Widow is a title that has been held by other people, at least one other person. And so it'd be interesting to see, like, how she gets out of the, the Russian program and someone takes her spot and then she then has to fight her. I think it's interesting. Anyway, they, like I said, somewhere between 2020 and 2024, but they are going to film this movie in the summer, in the summer. The next movie, again, conflicting stories, this is confirmed, unconfirmed, The Eternals. I think we all pretty much know that they're gonna make this movie, uh, because they've already well they haven't officially cast Angelina Jolie, but she's in the talks. I'm sure any day now we're gonna get a article coming out, so articles coming out saying that she's cast. The movie's supposed to film in September 2019 to January of 2020. Uh, I, I really, be, to be honest, I don't know why they're making this movie. Um, I don't think Angelina Jolie has the star power that she once had. I think the most recent thing that she's done that people know her from is getting divorced from Brad Pitt. She just doesn't ha- I don't think she really has the draw that she used to. And this being a big deal that she's now going to do an MCU movie, I think she needs the MCU movies more than the MCU movies need her. I keep saying M- MCU. So, also, The Eternals is pretty much. They're kind of like gods. I mean, if anyone knows DC's uh, book called The New Gods, DC's going to be making that movie. And that's going to be a a bonkers movie. But only because the, the story is weird. It's like, it's almost like Thor. They're gods, but they live on other planets. And I think Marvel caught wind of DC doing new gods. And we're like, we gotta do something similar. Let's do... You know, they already fucked up the Inhumans. Let's do uh, the Eternals. And the problem with the Eternals is, they're not very well known, even in the comic book world. Uh, They haven't had a title in a long time. They had, I think, a miniseries in the mid 2000s. And even before that, they weren't around since the nineties or even the late eighties. Uh, they're basically just like a form of, they're like a form of life form that took place before humans. So they were created by the celestials and celestials are supposed to be like, those are supposed to be gods, gods who formed the universe. And so they created the eternals, which who lived on earth, Uh, before humans and really they represent like a pantheon pantheon of of gods you know one guy could run one guy could do this someone's this blah 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 they're like gods um yeah it's pretty boring um but i don't still interesting to see i'm not going to rule anything out especially with just not seeing anything but again, Angelina, Angelina, I'm not interested. I mean, I'm not, I'm not interested. Like, I'm really just, just at this point, I don't care. But I still need to see something first. She's not that great of an actress, and again, It's just like, you know, they make a big deal out of it. It's like, so? She's going to be in a movie. Who cares? But again, that's going to film sometime in some, uh, the end of this, towards the end of this year, September, and then the beginning of 2020. And then, the next, the last movie that's sort of been confirmed is Shang-Chi. And again, you might be asking yourself, who? So, Shang-Chi was created in the 70s. He, you know, in the 70s in America, there was a big craze for martial arts, mostly Kung Fu. Uh, There was a lot of movies coming from China that people were watching in the theaters uh it was a big interest in like Bruce Lee uh that carried over into TV shows uh like kung fu and then in the 80s we you know america was just like obsessed with martial arts movies like like Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme and a lot of other people that no one knows uh so marvel i mean dc did it too dc had a a character in the Legion of Superheroes called... Oh, wait for this, uh... Imaginary... You know, this, uh, um, Wait for this name that just screams creativity. Karate Kid. Oh, amazing. Really thought long and hard with that one. Uh, so, there was that. There was also a character they created called Richard Dragon. Obviously, Marvel had Iron Fist as well. Um, the issue with these characters is they're white. So they're, you know, they learn all these secrets of the East uh, from the East. And they're white. The difference is Shang-Chi is not white. He's Asian. And frankly, he pretty much looks like Bruce Lee. Uh, the character characterization of him is not very stretched. You know, you look at him and he just looks like Bruce Lee. So... But at least Marvel did something right—that they made him Asian and not just whitewashed like all the other martial art characters that they had. So basically, Shang Chi is fighting against his father. His father's like a—he's like a um, leader of a gang. What what the hell is his name? Uh, He's like a leader of a gang, like one of those big gangs, and Shang Chi is just kind of against it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who they're going to cast in this, and how they're going to go down. Um, you know, because like I said, he at one point in the beginning he did look like Bruce Lee, um, Fu Manchu. His father's his father. So his father. Was based on a pulp villain called Doctor Fu Manchu, I and mean, Marvel had acquired the rights to that character. So they took an existing character, and they they gave him a son, and the son go you know basically dedicates his life to stopping his father. So, I mean, I'm interested. You know, uh, you can make the joke that they're really scrapping the, the bottle of the, the bottom of the barrel. But again, it would be interesting to see, it would be really nice is if, they, if this movie took place in the 70s or the 80s, and it kind of made it look like an old school kung fu movie or what have you. Uh, the, um, the director, I think, is also Asian, which again is, is nice. But I'm really, uh, this is one of the ones I'm really interested in seeing. You know, it could go either way, like most of these movies. Uh, but filming is not going to start until The Eternals is done, which is bullshit, but I guess that's the way it is. Okay, now these are two movies that are rumored, but they're nothing is, they're not slated, there's nothing set in stone, I don't even think there's a, there's a really much of a task or a script. So the first one is Ant-Man 3, this is just in talks, um. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a third one. Then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do a third one. Because the first two did well. And again, he was very instrumental in Endgame. But is he, is he like, uh, important enough or popular enough to have a third movie? There aren't too many characters in the MCU who have had three movies. So Iron Man, Thor. And look how well that went, except for the third one. And Cap... And and Cap's two movies, his last two movies, wait, his last movie was really an Avengers movie just under the Captain America banner. Again, I wouldn't be surprised, Um, but nothing's really been talked about it. And then the second one is Nova. Now, Nova is a space character, sort of, and... He was a part of the Nova Corps, which was first introduced in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. They come from a planet called Xandar. Now the problem is, in Infinity War, it was mentioned that Galactus destroyed the planet Xandar. And Xandar was never mentioned in Endgame. And I think because of everything that had happened, people tend to forget that he destroyed a planet. Why the fuck didn't they snap them back? Why didn't they do something to bring Xandar back? Never mentioned. So, obviously, if they do a Nova movie that will be mentioned, it will be resolved in some way. And then it will... So Nova is basically the only survivor survivor of the Nova Corps. Um, And that's been done before, that kind of storyline. So anyway, this movie is in talks. I think that if you're going to give him his own movie, it should be mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Volume 3, because, again, Novacore is something that was mentioned in Guardians of the Galaxy, no one's mentioned it since. Uh, it just makes sense to, to kind of like mention it in Guardians of the Galaxy and then be like, oh, here's his own movie. Alright, so those are all the movies that are either confirmed or rumored, and he's, here's some of the movies that I feel like they should make. And I'm not going to mention any Fox properties because that's just this whole other thing that they could do. Uh, one, the, the number one character I really think they should do is Moon Knight. Now Moon Knight's been mentioned. Uh, the, one of the writers of Endgame says he would love to write a movie about Moon Knight. I've mentioned Moon Knight before. He was started off as a Batman ripoff kind of came out onto his own. Uh, He has a split personality, uh, multiple personality, and he thinks that he's like the avatar for an Egyptian moon god. Uh, There's been times when I think he's been written that he has superpowers in the moonlight. I don't think that happened in the beginning, but he's a very nuanced character with a lot of layers Uh, He's more than just a Batman ripoff. He really is. And I really think that he's a character that uh, has a really strong following to it. And I think that he really could be done well. Uh, Yeah, obviously he's going to be dark and brooding like Batman. But unlike Batman, he's fucking insane. So, yeah. He's kind of violent. And he's fucking insane. Uh, He's also got money like Bruce Wayne. And he's fucking insane. And he has, like a butler or people who do you know, like a, a kind of, I think he is a butler and he's fucking insane. And they've changed his character from uh you know, they, they make him like a, a superhero or other other ways. I one of the um iterations is they, they put him in a suit, which was interesting. I didn't read that. Um uh oh I forgot to mention he's fucking insane. So it'd be really interesting to do. Now another one is Namor, the submariner Again, he's been mentioned that in Endgame, uh, they referenced him, and so now everyone's like, "Oh, is he gonna go?" I don't know if he really should get his own movie yet. Um, I think he was a big. He was like Universal owned his rights at one point, so I don't even know how that works logistically. Um, He's more of a Fantastic Four character. Well, he didn't start off that way, but he kind of became that way. It would be interesting to see him... He's really an anti-hero, so it would be interesting to see him start off as like a, sort of a villain and then gets like a redemption story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, he has a lot of similarities to Aquaman, except he can't control fish. And he's much more uh, of an asshole. Uh, he... He has, like, an egotistical and, like, a superior uh, superiority complex. So, I think you should, if you did make a movie, you really go. And now there's rumors that The Rock is going to play him. Uh, no, thank you. Just go back to making Fast and Furious movies. I want to see The Rock as Black Adam in uh, the next Captain Marvel movie. Shazam, I mean Shazam movie. But, that's it. And then, uh, speaking of Captain Marvel, no Captain Marvel 2 in this list. You know, this is still brand new. Like, a lot of these movies, like I said, are probably going to be made, but then there's probably going to be more movies they're going to mention. No Captain Marvel 2, like, that just seems odd because of how popular the movie was. And then another idea I have... Is just redo the Inhumans... They were going to make an Inhumans movie... And then they didn't... And then they decided to do a TV show... And that fucking blew up in their fucking faces... So go back and do the... You know, just wait like a year or two... Everyone will forget about that stupid TV show... And then make it the way it was supposed to be made... And make it into a goddamn movie... Except if you do make it... Have Black Bolt wear a mask... Because that's where he's supposed to... Wear a mask... Oh, actors don't want to wear masks too fucking bad. Take the money, wear a goddamn mask, you're a black, uh, black bolt. Say black guy? Black bolt. Wear a goddamn mask. Instead of this TV show, showing the pretty boy's face. I don't want to see your fucking face. I want to see a mask on your face because you're a black bolt. Uh, another idea I had was to make a movie out of a, uh, storyline. Called Annihilation. Now, I don't think they're being able to do this. I did say I wasn't going to mention any Fox uh, properties, but Annihilation deals with all of the space Marvel space characters. So you have Nova. You have <coughs> excuse me, Silver Surfer. You have uh, Peter Quill before he became Han Solo ripoff. Uh, you have uh, the- um, Thanos. Uh, what's the name, Galactus, you have all these space characters coming together. It's about Annihilus, who's a Fantastic Four villain, so I don't even know if you're gonna be able to do that either, and he comes, he uh, gains in his power the Annihilation Wave, and the Annihilation Wave, think of it as space locusts, so they're basically like this wave of creatures that will pretty much destroy will just come and just destroy anything. I think this wave had killed a planet, at least one planet. That's how powerful they are. And uh, Annihilus controls this wave. And this Annihilation wave is targeted for Earth. So, the whole point is all the space characters, humans and non-humans try to come together to stop this annihilation wave, and it's a pretty awesome uh, storyline because it redid a few characters. Like one of the problems I've always had with Drax in the MCU movies is he's stupid, and the Annihilation series changed him into being extremely smart and like a tactician and just deadly. He didn't make stupid jokes. He just he beat the shit out of people and another character, I think it was was Ronan the Accuser, which was also in Guardians of the Galaxy, they kind of redeemed him and changed him. So it was a really awesome series trying to stop this annihilation. And the whole point of the annihilation was this was going on at the same time as Civil War. So America was having this little you know, fight between heroes. Meanwhile, there was a fucking wave of space locusts coming at them, and they had no fucking idea. And when it was stopped, spoiler alert, it was stopped, it was like the space characters, Nova and Peter Quill before he was a Han Solo ripoff, was like, yo, you don't even know what the fuck we just went through. You're having a little spat between friends your whole planet almost got devoured so go fuck yourself and I think it would be an interesting movie but again you're crossing into other properties and Thanos is supposedly dead so I think you could still do it but I don't know how powerful it would be if you had to win, you know go around that that kind of red tape another uh, idea I thought was Sentry uh, Sentry is Sentry a, a funny thing Uh, So, this writer, Paul Jenkins, um, he created this character, Sentry, and it started off as a hoax. So, basically, Marvel had said that they had gone through their, their, like, you know, old, uh, um, they went through their archives, thank you, and they found this character that Stan Lee had co-created years ago in the 60s called Century. And that they just discovered it. And it was this brand new character that was supposed to be very uh, a part of the Marvel Universe from its birth in the 60s. And they completely forgot about it. And it was these lost stories. So they, they were like, he's back now. He's back and he's gonna get a modern tale. And it's like, the, the Marvel Universe has pretty much forgot about him. But now he's back. Well, it turned out it was just a hoax. Just a way to get people interested in the book. And it tells a story about a guy who was a superhero, but now everyone's forgot about him. And he has, like, the power of a, a thousand million suns, whatever the fuck that means. And he's supposed to be Marvel's version of Superman. But the question is, is what if not only were you the most powerful superhero, but you were also the most powerful villain. So he has, like, a split personality. Every time he uses his powers, his... um. His The villain, his nemesis, the Void, also starts to get stronger the more he uses his sentry powers. And the Void is inside him because it's, like, a split personality thing. So there's a lot of, like, schizophrenia a lot of like craziness like um some you know like losing your mind kind of idea it's a bad shit storyline but then they kind of tried to bring him into the regular marvel universe it was like here are the avengers and one of them sentry i was like no you can't do that because like it's basically superman and it's basically i don't i still to this fucking day don't even know what his goddamn powers are but that wasn't the point that really wasn't the point. It was about a man on the brink of insanity. Was he really a superhero? Was he also really a supervillain? And that would be an interesting idea to put in a movie. What you do after that, I don't fucking know. But I think that would be a pretty good, uh, decent idea. Uh, so, but until the Fox characters become a part of the MCU before they get assimilated, it feels like Marvel is drying the well of what they can do with what they have. Uh, there's some other ideas, like the Power Pack, which is a bunch of kids who, who gain superpowers, and they try to hide it from their family, but at the same time, they're stuck in this civil war between... Uh, well, it's not a civil war, but they're stuck in between this war of aliens. Um, that would probably make better mo- a TV show especially with, like, the Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger, because you really, you could... I mean, some of them, are, the Power are kids. Like, they're real kids. But you could obviously uh, increase their age a little bit and make them teenagers, and then you put it on the free form or whatever the kids watch these days, and that would probably make uh, a decent TV show. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, I also thought of Deathlock, but uh, they kind of put him in S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever. I don't watch that crap. Uh, but, you know, if you wanted to reboot him, uh, you could always give him his own movie. Um, yeah, there are a few other characters, or characters that you can do, like they always said that they're gonna continue, the rumor is that they're gonna continue doing Captain America, uh, or Iron Man, but it wouldn't actually be Steve or Tony, respectively, so then you could just have those kind of characters that just take up the mantle, uh, but, other than that, I don't really know what else they can do. Someone else could be Iron Man, Valkyrie could be Thor, you know, so on and so forth. Riri Rhi- could be Iron Man or Ironheart. Uh, so yeah, those are the Phase 4 movies that have been confirmed, have not been confirmed, or in talks, and what I think should be in Phase 4 or Phase 5 or Phase 10 or Phase 20. Uh, whatever. And finally, the summer is quickly approaching, and I thought, okay, Endgame is over, Game of Thrones is about to be over, even those half-shitty CWDC shows are about to be over, what the fuck are you going to do in the summer? So I thought about uh, giving some uh, summer picks, summer reads. These these titles don't really fall under any specific uh, list or countdown because they're kind of not really attached to one specific character. And really, what else are you going to do? Watch Ugly Dolls? Or Men in Black 50? Even Will Smith doesn't want to do this shit? No. So we start off with um, bookends. A book called Marvels and a book called Ruins. R-U-I-N-S. Ruins. So Marvels was uh, was done in the mid-90s. It was um, written by Kirk Busiek and beautifully painted by Alex Ross. This is a four-issue miniseries. It's basically a love letter to Marvel Universe. It's about a uh, photojournalist named Phil Sheldon and it's his point of view throughout the Marvel Universe so it starts off with the original Human Torch who was just like an android who could like turn himself on fire and he really that character was really the beginning of what we know as the Marvel Comics uh, him and Submariner, mariner uh, Namor so, it takes place in the, time it's, in the time that the original comics came out. So, it takes place in 1939, and it just starts from there. And, it, and it's called, like, you know, the, the, the age of heroes are referred to as, like, the Marvels. They're referred to as the Marvels. And so, he, Sheldon, it's just in his point of view, and how the world changes. And obviously, it's supposed to be a metaphor for the way America changed. uh, Pre-war, post-war, the 60s, so on and so forth. So like the 60s, for instance, is also the time when mutants start to come, uh, start to get, uh, become public. And it really is another analogy of the civil rights movement, or even homosexuality, where when they are becoming more public people start to turn against them because they're different and so that happens during the 60s um also worth mentioning fantastic four wedding uh between sue and and reed uh galactus coming and trying to devour our our planet so all these things are in the eye of phil sheldon while he gets older and he starts to have kids and he settles down in the suburbs which was a, another you know about the American dream and all that crap it's beautifully painted very well written and it really it's just it's the art is like photorealistic, and it's painted like hand painted by Alex Ross uh who's like one of the best artists and Busek is one of the best writers it's a really great book and anyone who has read more than two marvel comics should definitely read this uh it's it's definitely something that's hard to put down uh because it really does touch on all of the famous and important uh stories within the marvels comics it even mentions you know all the way up to Spider-Man and, and all that stuff. So, great book. Now, the book end of this is a book called Ruins. Uh, what's interesting about Ruins is it's a parallel Earth. So it's kind of like Marvel's version of uh, Elseworlds or What If kind of thing. It's a two-issue miniseries. And it was written by Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis is a very well-respected, famous writer. But he has a tendency of writing cynical stories. Uh, He's also known as being a futurist. So he writes a lot of sci-fi stuff. Uh, But this is different to what he usually writes. So this came out in 1995. So a little bit after the Marvels book. And according to what I read, uh, this was supposed to be a parody of the Marvel series. And it's set in a dystopian future, a uh, dystopian version of the Marvel universe. So the reason why I say it's a bookends is because where Marvels talks about the trials and tribulations of America during the superhero age... But for the most part, Marvels is a positive book. Like I said, a love letter. Whereas Ruins is the complete opposite. Ruins, and in my opinion, Ruins is a more realistic take on what would happen to people if they had these accidents uh, that you know gave them powers. What would really happen to them? So again, Ruins is... Uh, the Marvel Universe in the eyes of Phil Sheldon again, but this is a world where things have not gone well. Um, He's trying to write a book about and in the beginning of Ruins it even says like with a with an action, there's an equal reaction. So the whole point is like Marvel's is supposed to be one side of the coin and Ruins is on the opposite side. So if all these good things happen and there's a place where All these bad things happen. And Phil Sheldon in ruins keeps saying to himself, if I wrote a book, I want to call it Marvels, but I just don't feel like it fits. I want to believe that there's another world where these things, where the outcome for these situations were different and was more positive. It's a really bleak, bleak take on the Marvel superheroes. So it's referenced a few times that Sheldon's sick and he's uh dying and so he wants to take these pictures and get these interviews and make this book as quickly as possible and so it takes he talks a lot about what we know as heroes and what's happened to them in this uh, world the being a mutant isn't glorifying it's not something that people look up to uh Not that they do in the regular universe, like I briefly just said, that they they treat them like shit, but this is worse. They're put into, like, prisons, and a lot of their mutant powers are more like afflictions. Um, Shadowcat is a famous X-Men who can phase through objects. Well, in Ruins, she has a very difficult time uh, being able to solidify herself to the point where she got stuck trying to escape And they had to remove parts of her intestine uh, because it was infused with the jail cell that she was trying to escape from. So people have a hard time maintaining, you know, like um, controlling their powers. One of the biggest scenes is Magneto. He's wearing a harness that's controlling his, um, you know, magnet powers. And somebody hits it. And it breaks... And he's in a fucking airport... And he just starts going uncontrollably... And like... Fillings are being ripped out of people's mouths... And... A fucking giant 747... Gets... Attracted to him... And he can't stop it... And it ultimately kills him... I mean this really is like a who's who... In the Marvel Universe... And let's see what we could fucking... Fuck... how, How can we fuck them up? And a lot of these accidents that happen in the Marvel Universe... Team from radiation, and what happens in real life when you're um, exposed to radiation? Not good. It's you plus radiation equals not good. And so that's you know, mentioned a lot. The original Captain Marvel, he was from the Kree. They tried to take over. In this version, they tried to take over the world. Well, it turns out their atmosphere, our atmosphere, doesn't work well with them. And they all get cancer. So they all get put into a, basically, a concentration camp where they're treated like lepers because their faces are literally filled with cancer and they're falling apart. Uh, Sheldon goes to look for Rick Jones, and Rick Jones is famous for being friends with Bruce Banner, who became the Hulk. Rick Jones is the reason why Bruce Banner accidentally became the Hulk. So, this Rick Jones is a fucking drug addict. And Phil Sheldon's trying to get the story out of him. And he tells the story about Bruce Banner. And when the gamma bomb hits Bruce Banner, he doesn't become a giant green behemoth. Oh, no, no, no. His body pretty much gets riddled with tumors. And... It's almost like it tried to create a second persona, but it just fused with um, Bruce. So now he's got like four arms and he's just he's just riddled with tumors and cancer and his body's just falling apart and the government whisked him away and just locked him up. And now, you know, seemingly Rick is a drug addict, but actually he's hooked on a drug that's cancer patients use. So he's now obviously been affected with whatever Hulk was affected with, just a little bit slower form of it. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, Phil Sheldon's like doing an interview and then a body just falls out of the sky and it's fucking Punisher that, you know, shot in the head that we're just supposed to assume he must have been shooting drug dealers and then I guess they just got the best of him eventually um, there's, a, there's a story being told about Silver Surfer that he literally just opened himself up and uh, killed himself he, he unloaded the power cosmic and I think that's what made the Kree sick and then they tried to take over Earth. And then the power cosmic all gave them cancer. A lot of cancer in this book. A lot of cancer. Hulk, Silver, obviously Captain Marvel and his his people. Uh, the Fantastic Four. I mean, Sheldon talks to the thing, and the thing tells him how Reed wanted to go up into space. Uh and and Ben thing. Ben was like, no, the, the shuttle needs more shielding, and Reed's like, oh, I don't want I gotta do this, you know, I gotta get there first before the Russians. And then they go up there and they hit a bunch of like cosmic radiation, and because the ship didn't have the shielding, it killed Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Doom, because Doom took Ben's place in pilot piloting piloting the rocket, the ship. So Ben did go. He's fine. And he's telling Phil, I wonder if uh, we would have been okay if I had been pilot- piloting the rocket. But they're all dead. I mean, there's pictures of like, Reed's body stretched out dead. And parts of Sue. They said that it took him a while to even find Sue because she was all invisible. This is a fucked up book, man. This is a fucked up book. And it ends really bleak. But it's just an interesting tale. Like, what if? What if some of these things might have been realistic? Um, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm actually surprised that Marvel allowed this book to be made. Because, um, you know, it just, it's so bleak. And it's like, you know, it started off as a parody of Marvels. And you could kind of see... And it ends really, really dark. Really dark. Um, I didn't mention Spider-Man because it's part of the end and I kind of don't want to ruin it. So, one last thing about it is it was also painted just like Marvel's. But the difference is, the the art is a lot different than when I said The Marvel's was like photorealistic. This is more abstract. And this is more, like, it... it it shows the pain it shows the anguish it shows the what a horrible world they're living in in ruins it really does what it's supposed to do the art but then in issue 2 for the last 17 issues uh for the last 17 pages the art changes and it's another person and it's not painted and to be frank it's not as good as the art, for the you know the the painted art, so that's kind of a little disappointing. Um, there's other characters that are mentioned: Nick Fury, Jean Grey, uh, Mystique, who has multiple personality disorder because of her shape shifting. But those are pretty much you know, like I said, you gotta read this book to to get the whole thing because it's fucking fucked up. The uh, last thing I want to talk about is uh, oh, and by the way, the. No, I'm not last thing. There's two more. Don't mind me. The second book I'm going to talk about was the Golden Age, and the Golden Age is a DC book. And um, if if you're not familiar, comic books are broken up into ages. So the first age is the Golden Age, which takes place from 1938 to 1956. The second one was the Silver Age, from 1956 to 1970. Silver Age is really where we get a lot of our characters. Barry Allen Flash. uh, Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Um, Other characters are from the Golden Age, like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Whereas the Silver Age, it was the same names, but just different characters. And then the Bronze Age from 1970 to 85, and now the Modern Age from 85 to present day. So this is a book called The Golden Age, and you can guess what it's about. It's DC. And it's basically a love letter to the Golden Age. And these are a lot of characters that most people won't know because these are characters that are from the 30s and the 40s. And then once the Silver Age came, they kind of stopped using them. So this book came out, I believe, in 1992. Oh, 93 to 94. And for the most part, it's a love letter to... Uh, the Golden Age, and it takes place right after World War Two, and a lot of the uh, big superheroes are kind of retired uh, because America doesn't really need them anymore, doesn't want them anymore, and also America's kind of bitter with them because they didn't fight in the war. But there was like a whole explanation about why they didn't fight in the war because the Nazis had a hero of their own, well, not a hero, but they had a guy of their own who can damper. People's power. So the government was like, don't go. You're going to do more harm than good. Don't go. That made a lot of the heroes bitter. And then also made America bitter. Because it was like, well, why didn't you fight? Because this was like a, not really a well-known thing. Especially predates the internet and social media. Not too many people are going to know. So, there needs to... There's... Um, there's a... One guy, one superhero did go... To uh, World War Two, and his name was uh, Tex Thompson, who was known as Mister America, and he comes back and he pretty much starts a career in politics. And a lot of the heroes, there's a lot of characters in this story, and there's a lot of different point of views in this story, and a lot of the other char- a lot of the other retired superheroes. Uh, kind of don't look, look down on Mr. America because he really wasn't that big of a superhero to begin with and now he's being uh, he's being he's, he's like an American hero now just because he came back alive and now he's starting a political career and um, shows a lot of these characters now that they've retired what their lives are like Some try to go on with their life. Some try to create a career out of what they did, like by writing a book. And then there's like Our Man, who's just obsessed. Our Man's a guy who takes a pill. And he gives him super strength and super speed for like an hour. And it's the 40s, what do you want to do? And he basically becomes a drug addict. And he becomes obsessed with the drug, and trying to make it longer, and also trying to figure out why it's not lasting less than an hour, why is lasting less than an hour, and his scenes are fucking insane, because the art on his scenes are crazy, because he, at one point, pretty much goes on an acid trip, because of his pills, and you have to remember, these are like unregistered drugs. Like, nobody really knows what the fuck they're going to do to you other than give you super strength and super speed for an hour. So, some people can't stop being heroes. Some people can't transition into being regular people. Plus, this is now going into the 50s, and this is during the Red Scare, where the government was, like, pointing out people who were communists. And Mr. America, who's now... A politician wants to put together his own team of heroes that work for the government. And he takes this one k- kid who was like pretty much a nobody as a superhero, uh, Dinah Dan, Dinah Dan. And he's doing experiments. He wants to find the right person that these experiments will work on and will make them a better, per- uh, stronger, faster, you know. A superman, if you will, wink, wink, and they find Dinah Dan, who's kind of a loser, and they, they do an experiment, and he becomes this the number one hero now. Um, there's a secret with Dinah Dan when he becomes I think it's Ultraman, and I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to say what the secret is, but it is a good fucking secret, and it is a fucking face slapper. Like, this was a book. That was on lists of, uh, of twists. You know, like the best twists. And that was on there. And there's also a man named Manhunter. Who also went to, to Germany during the war. And fought for the Americans. And he is pretty much going through PTSD. Because something happened to him while in Europe. That fucked him up. That he keeps having these terrible, terrible nightmares. And it's in. An, Interesting how everything comes together. And there's a fight at the end that is awesome. All the fucking heroes come to get, like, pretty much show up and fight. And a lot of people die. A lot of fucked up shit happens. And this book is basically supposed to be a love letter to the Golden Age, but also a bridge to the Silver Age. Also have to make mention, this is an Elseworlds comic, so it didn't really happen in continuity. It's uh, written by uh, James Robinson, who's a great British writer, and uh, drawn by Paul Smith. This is definitely a great fucking book. It's four issues. It's on the DC Universe app, um, and and Marvels and Ruins is also on the Marvel app. And the last thing I wanted to talk about real quick was a Batman story called The War of Jokes and Riddles, which I just recently read. It's from uh, Batman number 25 to 32. This is a, a newer story that just came out like a year or two ago. It's uh, Batman... This is, you must have heard in the news all this shit about Batman marrying Catwoman. Uh, spoiler, it didn't happen. While they're dating, before they get married, I think he had already uh, asked her to marry him. While they're engaged, he wants to tell... Catwoman, a story that took place in his second year of um, Dark Knighting, his second year of his war on crime. This takes place in year two. Riddler and Joker uh, have decided to start a war with each other because they both want to kill Batman, but neither one of them want to share in killing Batman, so they want to do it themselves, so they think, Joker's like, I don't want you to kill him, and Riddler's like, I don't want you to kill him, so they fight each other. So they basically draw a line in the sand, and each one gets a lot of other supervillains to help them. Um, Joker has, like, Deathstroke, where Riddler has Deadshot, uh, one has Clayface, the other has Killer Croc, and so on and so forth. But the line in the sand that they've drawn goes right through Gotham. They've made Gotham their playground in this war. And so Batman has to try to stop this war from both sides. And he's, it's really weighing him down. What's interesting is the Riddler and the Joker are very similar and this story really makes it, makes that obvious. Riddler is obviously obsessed with riddles and the Joker is obsessed with jokes. However, Joker doesn't really seem like himself because he's always frowning a lot of the time. Um, What's interesting about this book is I think a lot of people like the Joker. And I think you can go into a whole thing of why people like the Joker. Uh, But at the end of the day, he's a psychopath and he's insane and he's a murderer. He's a cold-blooded murderer. And I think what this story shows is that he is a cold-blooded killer. And it's like, you like villains, great you like villains, but maybe you shouldn't like villains, because they're villains. And Joker is not, and the Riddler, both, are not seen in a good light. They're not portrayed in a good light. And to be honest, they shouldn't be put in a good light. There's that, uh, there's the fact that Batman doesn't really seem like Batman either. It seems like a lot of these more common stories, it's more about breaking Batman down and then kind of putting them back together. Um, He has a tough time dealing with both fronts. This this is supposed to take place, I think, within a year. He ends up making a decision that I don't think he would ever do. Which is he decides that he can't attack both fronts at the same time. He has to join one of them, and then that way he can help destroy the other one, and then put the one he's helping back into uh, behind bars. Um, he chooses the Riddler side. Um, Which, again, I don't know if he would really do. And even when he does join the Riddler's side, he actually is with the Riddler. Like, rather than helping the Riddler from the shadows, he's actually, like, helping him. Like, he's standing two feet away from him. I was like, all right, let's kick some ass together. I don't know. I just feel like that's not Batman and that's not what he would do. But overall, it's an interesting story. Also, the end is very shocking, uh because I think you could argue it's also against Batman's nature, but it was still an interesting end. One thing I didn't care for was Joker's design. A uh, Joker, um, excuse me, not Joker, the Riddler. I didn't care for the Riddler's design. Um... Typically, the Riddler is supposed to be scrawny, but this guy's a little bit more muscular. He's a fighter. The Riddler's never been a fighter. And they really drew him to be pasty, like a real ginger. And then I had to stop and think to myself, does the Riddler have red hair? I mean, I guess he has been portrayed to have red hair in some uh, adaptations in some books, but they really made him into, like, a pasty ginger with, like, a really big beard and, like, a his hair was long, a ponytail or something. He looked dumb. He looked like a dumb hipster, like a, um, ginger hipster. So I didn't really care for his design. Also, also during the story, uh, they, the writer, um, Introduces or reintroduces Kite Man. Kite Man is like a really shitty supervillain, but the poor guy, like, did really gets stuck in the middle of this war and his son dies because of it. And it's just really fucked up because it also shows that it's Bat. I mean, pretty much indirectly, it's Batman's fault because Batman forces this low level criminal to be like a patsy. And to be his 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 in uh, in in one of the gangs, and it just ultimately loses his kid over it, and it's just like Batman really made a dumb mistake. And again, yeah, I know it's supposed to be his second year, and he would make mistakes. It just doesn't seem like Batman's nature. Uh, this was written by Tom King. Tom King's like a real rising star in the DC uh, comics. He was an ex-CIA agent turned comic book writer. That's a weird like turn. Uh, But I mean, it was decent. The art was okay. I just, yeah, I'm curious what other people think about it. So yeah, I definitely would say give it a read. It's a few issues. I kind of found the Kite Man stuff to be more interesting. Uh, It's kind of interluded with the storyline overall. Those are my three picks, three, four picks, because technically Marvels and Ruins is one pick. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, They're on the apps. Get those free uh, week subscriptions to the apps so you can just read a bunch of shit and then just never have to pay for it. And that will do it for another episode. Don't forget... If you have any questions or comments, you can contact me at the Gamerish email address, Gamerish537 at gmail.com. Also join the Gamerish group on Facebook. And now we're on Instagram with Gamerish underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at fanboy with an opinion. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I have been a fanboy. And this has been my opinion.